You got it? Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. okay. Can we do like a rehearse, rehearse yes. it real quick? Yes. You can this, rehearse it real quick. Yes. Okay. This is Sonia Frontera from soniafrontera.com. And you are listening to Jeff Smith on Vroom Vroom Beer. Whoop, whoop. That was, you know, we don't need to do a take two. That was really good. But if you want, okay. if you want to do no, it again fine. and, and, and no, sound, that's fine. you can make if a you fake voice. Use it. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Ooh, you are. <laughs> Please. <laughs> this is Sonia. I might even era. get a job offering out of this. Uh, yeah, can you imagine? You never know. Okay. Line. I'm going to hit stop on this recorder right here. I'll be right back. I won't hear okay. you for a sec. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Dr. Gary Lawrence, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Well, doing great, Jeff. It's a joy to be your guest today and it's quite an honor to meet you personally. All right. Well, thank you. Honor's mine. So you are at rejectionjunkies.com and talk a little bit about what you're most excited about in your business over there. Well, I, I've had a major veer in my life. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, right. Uh, yeah, uh, as we all have. But uh, anyway, uh, I wrote my book, Rejection Junkies, back in 1995. Wow. And uh, I had my counseling practice, marriage and family practice, uh, for 23 years here in the Valley. And I also had live radio, uh, radio uh, talk show Monday through Friday for an hour, uh, Dr. G, Life Mastery okay. Counseling. And uh, so uh, we retired from that in 2003, and uh, I'd been on the radio for 20 years, and I had my counseling practice for 23 years. And Jeff, Sylvie, and I, we uh, planned our retirement for 25 years through <laughs> mutual funds and stocks. Right. And uh, after I retired, it took me six weeks to uncover the fact that we'd already lost 65% of our retirement portfolio in the stock crash. And That's it was like, good. ah, this is not supposed to happen. Hey. Well, <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so I was 59 and a half that time. So for the next five years, Sylvia and I, we lived on all, what we had left. Then, of course, the Great Recession hit in 2008 and 2009. Right. And uh, my money ran out. I had no cash. I had no savings. Oh, no. And, no. Uh, you know, it was. Talk uh, about a veer. Part, oh, you talk about a veer. <laughs> talk about a veer. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> And uh, so uh, we went through bankruptcy in 09. We lost the house that we lived in for 18 years. Right. Uh, we filed bankruptcy. We lost everything. Oh, no. And, uh, you know, going through bankruptcy was like looking over the chasm of poverty. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm uh, uh, there's a major difference between being broke and being poor. Sure. Poor is a mindset. Poverty is a mindset. And I don't do broke, Jeff. Okay. Right. <laughs> And uh, so uh, at the age of 65, I decided to re-educate myself and learn how to become a successful real estate investor. Oh, wow. And uh, so I, I got involved in an educational program with our company, Renatus. And uh, in my first 14 months, I generated just under 200000 in profits. Holy cow. And uh, in a two-year period of time, I became one of the top 10 income earners in the company. 
So at that time, I'm 67, but I'm back on the radio uh, with real estate investing. Okay. And so I continued on the radio uh, until January of 21. I had another major fear. Yeah. I had a stroke. Uh, I went to bed healthy and happy. Right. I woke up about three o'clock that morning and couldn't see and couldn't walk. That's not good. And uh, so I was in Mayo Hospital and in rehab for about 14 days. Okay. And uh, I'll never forget, Jeff. I was laying in my uh, rehab hospital room, and the only view I had out my window was a brick wall. Right. You know, kind of like a little patio. Okay. But all you could see was the brick wall. Now, uh, now I'm 77 years old at that time. Now I thought, okay, there's another wall in my life. I've got to veer around it some way. I've got to go over it. I've got to go around it. I got to dig under it. Right. But I, I will not let this be the end of my purposeful life. And without a purpose, you really have no reason to live. It's that simple. That's true. Okay. Right. And uh, so I decided, you know what? I'm going to go back to my counseling and coaching. Okay. And so what I did, I I updated my book, Rejection Junkies. Okay. And uh, it became one of the uh, best sellers on Amazon. Holy cow. And then I decided uh, I'm going to become a life coach and continue to help men and women learn how to get free from the past. So they can join us in the present and create the future they want, Jeff. Wow. That is quite a story. (laughs) (laughs) All wrapped up in the quick. Well, uh, you know, Sylvia and I, uh, when we were young, we've been married 55 years. Mm. And uh, I'll never forget in college, Jeff, uh, uh, I went back for my second year of college. And I was was 22 years old. And I saw this beautiful brown-eyed uh, brunette with olive skin. Ooh. And I said to my roommate, Bob, you see that beautiful brunette over there? And he said, yeah, what about her? And I said, I'm going to ask her out for a date. And I said, Bob, I'll probably end up marrying her. <laughs> and he said, he said, yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, I did. And four months later, we got married, Jeff. And that was 55 years ago. Wow. But where where were you? What, what college? Uh, that was a Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, nice. Okay, so That's you're from I'm, you're from Missouri. No, I'm from Indiana, but I went down to uh, Missouri okay. for college. Yeah, gotcha, uh-huh. gotcha. Okay. And so after I graduated from college, uh, we went to Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Oh, nice. I I did not know anybody, and I started a, a church there. And um, in uh, six months, we had 170 people in our congregation. Wow. Uh, in three years, we bought five acres of land and built a 450-seat auditorium. Holy cow. <laughs> and I had a weekly radio program then. And I had a once-a-week television program also. Wow. But I did not enjoy pastoring. I felt like a professional babysitter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, but, I get it. But, That's kind of like what the, the word means almost. I get it. Yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, um, uh, what's interesting is, uh, during my travels in the States, getting ready to go to Canada, I met a lot of pastors and their wives yeah. who were having marital problems. And so they would start coming to Winnipeg for me to counsel with them. And so I told Sylvia, I need to start a counseling practice. Mm, and she right. said, what do you know about uh, running a counseling service? Now I said, I don't know, but I'm going to start one. I'm going to learn it <laughs> as I go. <laughs> you got it. And uh, so wow. we moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico in 1980. Okay. And we started wow. a new life dynamics counseling center. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I, I love the name of your, uh, your podcast, Vroom Vroom Veer. Okay. Because that title, uh, that just embraces every human being on planet Earth. <laughs> it does, it? right? <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the, the vroom vroom is like when, you know, it's like when you're sort of like moving in one direction, right. more or less not thinking about like the bigger picture, right? It's almost right. like you're kind of unconscious and you're just head down and focused. And then a veer is when whether you choose it or not, something drastic changes, right? Right. Well, and I say it like this. Change when left to chance gives birth to more conflict. Oh, either yeah, you, yeah, either, exactly. Right. Yeah. E- either you make the change or the change is going to make you. Very, very much so. So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like when you had a stroke, it's not like you were choosing to have a stroke. Oh, no, no, <laughs> not at all. Right. And, That's uh, just something you have to deal with, right? Well, absolutely. I, and, you know, uh, having a stroke is not just for old people. Uh, oh. There was a young lady who was 26 years old in my rehab hospital. Wow. She never drank, never smoked, never did drugs. Right. And she and her husband were out for a Saturday evening dinner celebrating her third wedding anniversary. And she had a stroke. And God bless her heart, she still couldn't feed herself. Mm. And I was fortunate in the fact that I did not lose my ability to speak. Right, right. But uh, I did lose my ability to see and to walk. Okay. But over the last 16 months, that's pretty well come back. I'm pretty well back to normal. Right. Of course, if you, if you talk to my wife, Sylvia, she'll tell you I've never been normal. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> normal for Dr. G. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh, uh, there are so many people who are living in the past. And I say it like this. Patterns with the past poison your present and prevent your future. Right. Now stop Now stop and think about that. Uh, by the time we're eight years old, 80% of our emotional patterns are formed, Jeff. Right. And by age 18, 100% of our self-image is formed. Okay. And so when you look at the average 40 or 50 or 60-year-old, you're actually seeing a young child trapped in an adult body. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. They might be, uh, they might have an education, so they might be more intellectually uh, competent. Mm, uh, they yeah. might be more financially stable, right? But they still have the emotional patterns of a young child. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's true yeah. because you know it, you you sort of like I don't ha, have you ever had like the experience? I, I'm sure you did in your practice and coaching and stuff. Yes. But you know, I was in the Air Force 20 years. Yeah. And you know, working with I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people, right? It just feels like the the drama of high school repeating itself over oh, yeah. and over and over again. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. still going on in my job now, you know? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah absolutely. Well, I, I had a client and his wife come in for counseling. He was 80 years old. I was only 55 at that time. Right. And they had been married 55 years at that time. Wow. And I thought, my goodness, what can I tell them that's going to help them? Sure. So I shared with him, uh, I said, Doc, uh, by the time we're eight years old, 80% of your patterns are formed. By the time you're 18, 18 uh, 100% of your self-image is formed. And so he looked at me, he said, well, Dr. G, what you're telling me is I'm an 80-year-old, eight-year-old. And right. I said, Yeah. And his wife reached over and patted him on the leg and said, see, sweetheart, I told you, you <laughs> act like a little boy. <laughs> How did he take it? <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, just because a person has a good income or has a yeah. accumulated wealth or right. has a college education, right. it doesn't mean that they are free mentally and emotionally from their past. True. 
Right, right, right. Uh, And if I may, I'd like to take a few minutes and just go back to when Sylvia and I got married. Please. Uh, She was raised in a very strict Baptist home. Okay. Boy, they were in church every Sunday. Right. But uh, from ages 7 to 12, her father was sexually abusing her, Mm -hmm. and uh, her mother was horribly physically and emotionally abusing her. When she was nine years old, she was beaten so bad that she could not get up and walk. Oh, my goodness. And uh, so she uh, handled her rejection by escaping. Mm. She would hide in the basement to get away from her mother. Right. Now, she was the oldest of four children. Now, I, on the other hand, was the youngest of four children. Right. And my father believed that another man uh, impregnated my wife. And so I was literally the bastard child. Wow. And uh, so there was a lot of physical abuse. Well, Jeff, I handled my abuse by surviving. I will fight back. Right. Okay. And so uh, when I was 16 years old, I had a physical confrontation with my father. And that's when I left my home. Wow. Okay. 16. And, uh, 16. At the age of 16, just right. a kid. Right. And uh, so anyway, uh, I handled my rejection by becoming a survivor. Sylvia handled her rejection by becoming an escaper. Right. And so when we met, we didn't understand the emotional setup that we were taking part in. (laughs) Right. Uh, She needed someone to dominate her and I needed someone to dominate. Wow. Okay. Okay. And uh, I say it like this. I say it like this. Opposites attract. Then they attack. <laughs> and then I think you're right. I think you're and right. And then they retract. Okay. They pull away from each other. All right. And uh, I don't care what your nationality is. I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your educational background is. That happens to every married couple. Opposites attract, then they attack, then they retract. Okay. And wow. it's at that it's at that retraction stage that they don't get some good solid practical input on how to solve their conflicts, they're headed for a major disaster. It's that simple. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I think yeah. uh, early in my, why um, my marriage, I should say my wife and I sure. went through a very similar dynamic. Sure. Now I didn't, I can't say I was physically abused, but you know, I had a big brother. <laughs> Well, well, chances are you were probably physically abused. Well, you know, I think it was, It obviously there was some physical abuse there. Sure. Right. But I mean, I don't think it, it, it probably exceeded the norm, uh, right. right, of sibling rivalry. You know, it's right. just, we're mammals. You know, that's what right. we do, you know. That's what, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, but. I'll say this, like, uh, at some point, my brother and I did not really, we never really fought, but we talked about it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and he said he was sorry. He's like, you know, if you're, if you're mad about when we sure. were kids and I was picking yeah. on you, I, I'm sorry. You know, it was just, I didn't mean anything by it. You were just small and annoying. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm over it, dude. I'm a grown up yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, every once in a while, when I had my counseling practice, and I had a staff of six people, uh, anyway, uh, every once in a while, I'd have someone come in and say, "Oh, we've never had an argument," and I just look at them and say, "Well, you've been smoking." Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, you've never had sure. an argument, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, everybody has conflicts, right? Uh, uh, your problem is not your problem. 
It's how you respond to your problem True. that becomes your problem. True. Okay? Yeah. Uh, because uh, problems are part of life. Uh, problems are the, right. um, uh, the, the, the uh, problems are the fuel that uh, give birth to positive change in your life. If you right. uh, approach it from that perspective. Right, right. Just gaining yeah. information about your own response ability. Right. <laughs> your yeah. own response yeah. ability. Yeah. yeah, and absolutely. And Jeff, I was uh, reading your biography and your background. Uh, uh, you have been through a lot of fear, a lot of change in your adult life. I have. And as mm-hmm. I read those, I thought, you know, I'm going to love talking with this guy because I think he has taken charge of the changes that he wanted to Definitely. make in his life. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I am still uh, veering. You know, I like to think right. I, I change as often as I can. Well, uh, you're 50, you're fifty three years old. I turned seventy eight in a couple of months. Right, and I got to tell you something. I'm still veering. Yeah. Okay. You know. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't want to be one of these people that um, just sort of. You can die of comfort and convenience. I don't want to. <laughs> oh. I really don't want to. Uh, you know, I yeah. don't want to be too comfortable. Well, you know, comfort becomes a coffin, doesn't it? It does, right? Yeah, yeah. And the and the lid is closed if you're living in your comfort coffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when people used to say, "I, I want to get you out of your comfort zone," I would go, "Why? I like well, being comfortable, right?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm drinking beer and watching TV. You know, right? Right. And, and you know, uh, now, do you do coaching for those who want to get help? I do not. I, I do not coach. No. This is my. If you want coaching, it's free. It's this show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, they can contact me. How's that? There sound? you go. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. yeah feel well, free. And, and that's why I wrote the book Rejection Junkies. Uh, uh, when we were up in Winnipeg, we had a very successful church up there right uh, we became uh the fastest growing church in the province of manitoba and uh, i had several of the uh provincial government officials that uh, were attending my congregation and uh, but uh you know uh, my marriage was falling apart oh no and uh, sylvia had decided to leave me wow and uh my first response at that time was oh my goodness what are people gonna think of me Really? Instead, okay. Instead, right. instead, yeah. Instead of being concerned about what my wife's needs were. That makes right. And so I told her, I said, honey, if you stay with me, I will find the solution to why we are having these conflicts. Because I didn't get married to get divorced, Jeff. Right. I'm with you. Okay. Right. And I found the solution. And that's what Rejection Junkies is all about. Okay. Understanding the rejection patterns from the past and why they control your present. And why they prevent you from enjoying the future. And that's mm. what life is all about. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I I went through, um, like I said before, uh, I think, and this conflict continues, <laughs> right? Um, but what I'm learning now, I mean, the first couple years of our marriage, um, I, there was a lot of conflict. Um, well, sure. You know, I, and then, you know, I think... What I was looking at was, it seemed like in my mind, you know, can I do better, right? Was uh-huh. like, if I get a divorce, I know I'm not going to stay, you know, single forever, right? Right. Right. And I've already, I already know there's a lot I love about my wife. There's, sure. There's some things that annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I, you know, I came up with this, I was like, but everybody is going to annoy me. 
right? But not well, everybody. I, I'm not going to love everybody like I love her. So it's right. Almost, well, yeah, you have to yeah. find this acceptance. I think is what are, where I was going with that. Well, and then and then you had an extra um, situation to deal with. She's Japanese. You're American. Right. That so is. So you a, had that, massive cultural background differences to deal that's with. That still that still occurs. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that still I'll happens. It does. I can yeah. tell stories. Yes. Well, I, I say it like this, Jeff: a man's ability to love his wife is the overflow of his own self-esteem. Okay. Mm. If a man does not have a healthy That's, self-image, that makes sense. Yeah. he has nothing to give to his wife. Mm. Right. Okay? Right. Right. Now we're not talking about a, a, a egotistical uh, type of self-image, right. but we're talking about a grateful acceptance of who you are and how God made you. Right. Okay? Right. Being so, okay with you. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Be okay with you. That's right. well said, Jeff. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, so once I began to understand my weaknesses and my strengths and that weaknesses are part of life. Hello. Welcome to the human race. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, once I began to love Gary unconditionally. Right. Then and only then could I begin to focus on what my wife's mental and emotional, sexual and material needs were. Right. Okay. You know, mm. and begin to meet those needs in a healthy, satisfying way. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, yeah. so uh, that's when our marriage started turning around. And in my book, Rejection Junkies, uh, there is so much uh, understanding given to the reader about how they can literally reposition themselves emotionally to live a life of peace and uh, sanity Mm, and right. uh, and one of and one of purpose. Yeah, and it's like your. Uh, I'll, I'll give a brief story, and it it'll go somewhere. Promise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one of our recurring fights. It was I, I realized like not long ago that it was all me, so mm. that's always a good one, right? <laughs> <laughs> So then I, I can I, I realized I can just stop doing that. But let me let me give you some of the highlights. Sure, I'm I'm anxious to hear it. <laughs> it's really silly, but it's 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 emblematic of dumb little fights that you have with your wife. So I got caught up on I think it was a linguistic barrier, mm-hmm. number one, and a number two of I like I like to like not compete competitively, if that makes sense. I would sure. rather just say, okay, I, I admit defeat and you win. Okay. I, I would like you to say these words. It, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I would like you to say these words. And then, so like, I think the barrier that I learned was um, my wife, if I say the words like, okay, this is just my opinion or this is how I feel before I state my opinion, then she is disarmed to the point where, okay, he's not telling me he's right and I'm wrong. He's just telling me how he feels. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? It, sure. So as sure. soon as, so I was, we were going through this thing where I was just like demanding she say certain words. She's never going to say those words when I demand they be said. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but if I back up and say, this is how I feel and this is what I think, I just want to be heard, then she'll say, oh, okay, I hear you. 
right? Yeah. Is that makes well, is anything make sense? Does that any yeah. of that make sense? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a few questions, Jeff. Sure. Maybe a little bit of coaching live yeah, on yeah. there. Please, okay. please. Yeah. Uh, uh, which of the two of you is the most dominant? Huh. That's the a- most decisive. The quicker to respond. Hmm. Which 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 person is the? Uh, I is think the one I'm that- probably more decisive. Okay. It's hard uh, to say way, that though because my wife is also bossy too. Yeah, <laughs> but well, she's not. Dis- uh, she's not. Dev- she's she's very much not device uh, decisive. Like, yeah. she spends a lot of time thinking and weighing and like you know she has okay. to touch everything you know. So her decision okay. making is slower than mine. If that's what you're getting at. Okay. Well, uh, I say it like this: in every marriage, mm-hmm. there's a parent and there's a child. Okay. Okay, it has nothing to do with gender. Right. Okay. Okay. And uh, so, but from the little bit you've shared with me, I think you're the personality that likes to avoid conflict. I I do. You just want to be heard. Right. And she wants to presume that you should behave in a certain pattern. Maybe. Maybe. That might be true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. And I'm not drawing conclusions. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I I definitely was the parent. Sylvia was the child. Okay. And when I learned that I needed to stop controlling the child, that's when peace began to come into our relationship. Interesting. And it takes a long time for people to understand their personality strengths and weaknesses. Right. See, see, there's four basic personalities. First of Mm -hmm. all, you have the sanguine personality. Okay. Uh, their key their key word is popular. I want everybody to like me. Okay. Okay. Everything's fun. Right. Okay. I'm kind of uh, like that. that. <laughs> yeah. Let's la- yeah. Let's laugh and party. Right. Yes. Okay. And then you've got the choleric personality. Their key word is power. I will be in control. We will do it my way. Right. Okay. That sounds like my wife. <laughs> okay. And then and then you've got the perfect melancholy. Their key word is perfection. Oh. Uh, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Right. I'm not that. Okay. And then you've got the phlegmatic. The phlegmatic, their key word is peace. Mm. Okay. Peace at any price. Mm. They avoid conflict. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I was a combination of choleric and melancholy. Okay. The power and the perfection. Okay. Sylvia was the combination of sanguine and phlegmatic. Okay. okay. So the bottom line is when people get married, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what your background is. Right. Every marriage is a setup for conflict. It is. That's true. So you have to get <laughs> That's true. You, you have to get a new toolbox to work from and okay. learn how to solve your conflicts. Right. I okay. agree. Yeah. I think I'm probably if I had to guess, I think I'm a little bit of the funny guy, and then I also want to think that I'm a uh, like peace too. Yeah, the sanguine phlegmatic. Yeah, maybe. Oh my gosh, Jeff! I've been married to you for fifty-five <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, have you? Do you remember the movies uh, with Peter Sellers, the Pink Panther movies? Oh yeah. And and how he would hire that uh, his assistant Cato to like surprise attack him. I don't remember that. Go ahead. So that's that's so he had this guy, and it was uh, his man Cato, right? And in okay. in every movie, at some point, Cato would jump out of the bushes and attack him, and they would do a karate fight, right? <laughs> and uh, and then 
and then you know he would answer the phone and and then you remember Cato is actually working for you know Dr. or Professor Clouseau or Inspector uh-huh. Clouseau, right? Uh-huh. So Clouseau hires Cato to keep him on his toes. Okay. <laughs> so I, in my life, my uh, my private conversation in my head, Yayoi is my Cato, right? My okay. wife is Cato, right? Okay. So she's like the perfect person that I have ha- have this spiritual deal with. To annoy me to no end. <laughs> so I can relax into that, right? So I can find my peace, right? Because she's yeah. not going to stop annoying me. <laughs> but I can accept it and I can uh, increase my responsibility. And how long have you been married, Jeff? We have been married since 1993. And I'm bad at math. Like 28 years, I want to say. 28 years. Yeah. So here's the bottom line. You have become so adjusted to her knowing you, you can't live without it. I love it. I really do. And that's a healthy (laughs) thing. And and that's a healthy thing. Right, right, right. See? Yes. So, so, uh, and what I'm saying by that is you have learned how to respond on a positive level to the conflicts in your relationship. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's almost like I, I now remember in the past getting annoyed, right? Yeah. At this thing that no longer annoys me. She'll right. now she's a master, right? She's a master yeah. annoyer. So she'll keep <laughs> she'll keep coming up with new and interesting ways to keep me on my toes. That's not gonna stop. But <laughs> I I can keep a growing. So that's that's why I like it. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It sure does. Yeah. And uh, uh, they, they say marriage is a wonderful institution if you like institutions. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, can I ask you a question? Yes, you can ask me a question. What, uh, what set of circumstances led you to start doing a podcast? Interesting. So uh, I'll try to shorthand it. For a while, I think... The impetus was I was trying to quit my job mm-hmm. and make money somehow online without actually doing much of anything, if that makes uh-huh. any sort of sense. I didn't sure. actually want to work. I just wanted to, say, sit home and do a thing and then have people give me money, which uh-huh. doesn't actually work. But anyway... <laughs> um, <laughs> You, you but, mean uh, you mean to tell me your email inbox is not full of people who are wanting to send you money? No, no, the cash oh. never showed up. Yeah, okay. So I, I the, my first crack at that was writing a blog. I was okay. thinking I'll write a blog, I'll share my wisdom, as they say, and then if enough people show up, I'll just sell Google Ads on that website. Right? The idea yeah. of a high traffic website can bring in some passive income. Mm-hmm. Turns out I don't really like writing that much. It's lonely and boring for me. Right. So then I saw that people were having podcasts that theoretically someday make money, right? Sure. So that was really like, I like talking. I like having conversations more than I like writing, right? Um, yes. Because I'm, it, it's interactive, right? Uh-huh. Like I would never do a podcast alone and just talk to myself or talk to the right. audience. I I get uh, energized by meeting new people and interacting and conversing. So that's fun for me. I would do it for free, right? And I do. Actually, I pay to do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I am now well, paying to do this podcast. So that's well, why. Well, that's great because right. I, that, that's great because I consider it a real honor to get to meet you today. And I'm sure that there's a lot that I can learn from you when it comes to the podcast world. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you yeah. ever need help, it's uh, there's a lot of technical stuff, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet there is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, when I had my counseling practice, you know, I had an office manager and I had a receptionist. And uh, so I actually started my counseling practice in October. I mean, in uh, 1980 in Albuquerque. Right. Then I expanded my office to Phoenix. Uh, in 89. So I've had two offices. Right. And so they, so they did all the internet work for me. Good. So inadvertently I kept myself ignorant from the internet. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Eventually but you might have to learn maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I did live radio. And so that was my uh, way of reaching out to everyone. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, live do, radio. do you like getting on the internet now? You're on it right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot of podcast interviews. And, right. Uh, uh, You're on yeah, a Zoom coaching. call. You did it. You did it. Right. Did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, my dad is 83, and I have been on Zoom with my dad. So good for him. My yeah, uh, actually, I think him. he's yeah. 84. Yeah, yeah, just turned 84. Yeah. Right. So uh, as I began to really study and find out what the underlying conflict was in my marriage. Right. Uh, I began to understand uh, something about the root of bitterness. Okay. Uh, in the, yeah. In the scriptures, we're told to search very diligently, lest the root of bitterness springs up and troubles you, and thereby mm. many be defiled. Now, the word bitterness is not a happy word. No. Okay. Uh, uh, anger uh, is a response. Okay. Bitterness is a resentment. Right. Right. And okay. uh, so uh, I give some definitions on bitterness that are not in Webster's Dictionary. Okay, uh, I like yeah, it. Yeah, bitterness is an inward resentment. Uh, bitterness is a wounded spirit. Uh, bitterness is a fear of guilt. You show me someone that makes you feel guilty all the time, and I'll show you someone you have a root of bitterness towards. Okay. okay? Uh, bitterness is an anxiety. Uh, okay. Bitterness is an avoidance. Mm. Uh, bitterness is a sense of abandonment. Okay. And so uh, when I began to understand how bitterness was the rope that kept us connected, but it was also the rope that I was hanging myself with. Yeah. Yes. I had to find a solution on how to get free from that bitterness. Okay. Okay. For an example, I was very bitter towards my father-in-law. Right. He, he mm, sexually okay. abused my wife. Right. Three months after we were married, I came home from a road trip. And it was about midnight. I wasn't supposed to be home until the next day. And uh, I took a shower and got me something to eat and got in bed with my lovely wife and began to uh, embrace her and caress her. And she literally jumped out of the bed so fast she slammed herself against the wall. Wow. And Jeff, for the next four hours, she sat there with her knees up to her chest saying, please don't tell my dad what you're doing. My daddy told me never to let another man touch me like that. Wow. Well, that was my introduction, my introduction to her sexual abuse. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so then I began to understand when someone marries someone that's been sexually abused, they become the victim of the second order. Okay. Does that, yep. does that, that make sense? sense? Yep. I get where you're going. Right. Because our sexual relationship could never be healthy. Right. Right. And so when I began to understand that what my father-in-law did was not the problem, but it was my bitterness towards him mm. that was the problem. Right. That kept me connected to her past. Right. See, 
for an example, and Jeff, I'm going to be real bold here. I mean, you're a nice fellow, and I'm enjoying our conversation. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but the bottom line is, in your 28 years of marriage, you have become connected to some of the issues in your wife's past. Sure. Of course. And just like Sylvia, she's become connected to some of the issues in my past. Right. Okay. Because the bottom line is, when you and I got married, we married our wives' families. Yes, we did. We embraced their background, mm-hmm. which we knew nothing about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Right. And so, right. you know, I I, uh, I love uh, love speaking publicly, and I used to have conferences called the University of Successful Living. Okay. Oh, nice. And I would say, now, I'm going to ask you all a question. I want you to be honest. Okay. How many of you have woken up in the morning, about six o'clock in the morning, and looked over at that person next to you in bed said, how did I end up with this person? Yeah. yeah I think we all have, right? If every been, hand is, every yeah, hand yeah, is raised. Yeah. It reminds me of that song. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, there's a song that that line is in by the Talking Heads. Oh, okay. Who, who, yeah. how, who is my beautiful wife? <laughs> Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. What, what am I doing here? You know, right? How did I get here? <laughs> right. Yes. Well, and your whole podcast, Vroom Vroom Beer, is all about helping people equip themselves for the veering that's Correct. going to take place in their life. Correct. And I think this is a great source of uh, information, Jeff. I really do. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, you know, I think uh, like we were talking uh, earlier before the show started. Um, the, the social media sort of uh, people don't post things that they don't want other people to see, right. but that means that people get this, this skewed view of they're not good enough because look at everybody, you know, they're on a boat, you know, or they're on the beach and they're buying right. something fancy. Right. And all you see is the highlights and the, and the shiny stuff. Right. Yeah. Look, look at me. I'm down on the beach today. You yeah, know. exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I've got this fancy car and, and this beautiful wife, right. but that's not right. all that's going on. Right. This is absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and and, and uh, what's that old saying? Real life could be a real beach. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody goes through it. Right. We've all yeah. we've all had, you know, things that we didn't we're not proud of. Right. We all go oh. through these things where we didn't respond correctly. We're ashamed yeah. of our actions. Um, well, we fail, un- you know, yeah. where we. Yeah. And unfortunately, many people, they measure their success in life by what they have and not right. who they are. Right. Uh, yes. They measure their success in life by what they do. Right. Not who they are. Right. Right. Okay. And, yes. and I say like this, and a lot of people do things very negative, but, uh, 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 sometimes our behavior betrays our character. Always. <laughs> sometimes what we yeah. Sometimes always. what we do betrays who we really are. Yes. yes always. Yeah. I, I like. Uh, I, I was talking to some coworkers, uh, and one of my coworkers was in conflict because her husband's brother was living with them, and she was thinking it was well well past due time that he be moving on. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and she was trying not to let that leak out. And I was like, oh, he knows. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, he knows. Why? Why would he know? I didn't tell him. I'm like, okay, because he, he's human. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> he can see you say a thing 
and not mm-hmm. mean it. You know, everybody can, everybody knows that, you know, that your actual feeling toward a situation, regardless of what you say about it, comes out, right? Right. It, it comes out in your attitude, in your emotions, in your body language. There's, the, he knew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Jeff, you know, I, I ask men all the time, I'll say, uh, 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 how many times have you come home after a hard day at work? Yeah, and you walk in the front door, and just by the way your wife walks from the stove to the refrigerator, you know something's wrong. <laughs> and uh, and you uh, did it. <laughs> yeah, and you did it. <laughs> and uh, 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 every man agrees that that happens. Mm. Now, now uh, here's a truth. Here's a hidden truth, Jeff. Okay, uh, husbands respond to their wife's attitude, their right. inward attitude. Mm-hmm. That's why the man can say. What's wrong, honey? Right. Oh, nothing's wrong. Right. Something's bothering you. Why do you think something's bothering me? Oh, just the way you walked across the room like an elephant. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, so the husband responds to his wife's attitude, but the wife responds to her husband's actions or lack of actions. Right. That's true. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so uh, once a man and a woman can come to understand that, uh, information about their relationship, then and only then are they going to begin to be able to make the repairs they need to. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's interesting. Uh, 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 for an example, my wife is very phlegmatic. She does not make a decision like I do. Right. I would ask her, honey, what do you think about this? And about an hour later, I'll say, uh, honey, you haven't given me an answer yet. She's well, I'm thinking on it. So a <laughs> right. couple of days later, I'll say, have you come up with an answer to that question I asked you three days ago? No, let me think about it some more. Mm. I just want to say, ah, would you hurry up and make a decision? Right, right, okay. right, right. But, but now I'm at peace with that. When I ask her opinion on something, I know it may be a week before I get an answer. Right. You just kind of have to accept that. Right. And that's just who she is. It doesn't yeah. offend me. Right, right. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I, I have a similar... I don't know if you've spent much time around Japanese people. No. But they're very... Uh, my wife, maybe I can't you know, group everybody, all Japanese people aren't my wife, but my wife, being Japanese, I have this example of one. She's very deliberate mm-hmm. in everything she does, right? So... Yeah. It, 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 it bothered me for many years to watch her check out at, at the grocery store because uh-huh. she just takes her time. She gets her book out, right? And, you know, she's counting out pennies. She's given she's, exact and, change, and, right? Yeah, and and she, I'm just annoyed. I'm like, really? <laughs> and and see, I'm okay with it now. I've, I've, I've you know, nobody else right. is. It's only me, right? The cashier right. is just happily, you know, waiting, you know, very patient, right? Yeah. She, you know, and everybody behind us waiting, patient, right? I'm the yeah. only one. I, in my mind, I'm like, hurry up, honey. What the hell are you doing? You know? Yeah. Uh, I, well, see, Jeff, God knew that you needed her. Exactly. That was one <laughs> That was one of her Cato moments for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and right. uh, from your background, and I think it's all good because uh, you made changes for the positive. I have. I okay. Have. Yes. And I wonder how many times, if I could talk to your wife, that she sat back and thought, oh my gosh, what's he doing now? 
Oh my goodness. That would be yeah. a very long list. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, maybe you and I, maybe you and I should open up our own coaching practice together. Yeah, maybe. Uh, we're opening up an office in Vegas. Why not? And God knows there's a lot of neurotics up there. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you would you would stay very busy. Well, as a matter of fact, and I, I want to go back to something when sure. uh, Sylvie, Sylvie and I were separated for six weeks. Oh no! And it was at a point where I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and file for a divorce. Right. I, I'm tired of dealing with problems. Right. And so I decided if I do end up getting divorced, I'm going to move to Vegas and open up a counseling center. Okay. Uh, because Vegas needs counselors, and I'm a good counselor. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But they but, do. I, but, but but here here's the point of realization that I reached. I'm going to learn how to love my wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Oh, that's a good I'm going yeah. to learn how I'm going to learn how to submit to her needs. I'm going to stop resenting wow. her weaknesses and start responding to her strengths. That's good. Wow. You learned okay. a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot. You learned a and, lot. And I'm not by nature a humble man. Not at okay. all. Okay. Right. Wow. Okay. But I was thinking about writing a new book, Jeff. I'm going to call it Humility and How I Obtained It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to read that book. Well, I got a new one that just came out for print. It's called um, The Ten Greatest People in the World and How the Other Nine Came to Know Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're see, though, that's a killer title. You should, yeah. If, if you have a blog, that would make a really good blog post title. <laughs> you don't actually have to write the post. <laughs> uh, well, and and let me uh, share this thought with all of your audiences. Sure. Um, uh, there's going to come a time when their circle of influence is going to decrease. Right. There's going to come a time where their so, a circle of social influence is going to decrease. Right. And if they're not at peace with themselves, they are headed towards a traumatic time in their life where they will completely lack value of any level. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. And having come through this stroke, I mean, going through bankruptcy in 09 right. and losing everything was quite a traumatic experience. Yes. So when I was 65, I decided to re-educate myself and learn how to become a successful real estate investor. Right. And then at the age of 77, I had that stroke. And I told my wife, I said, honey, I refuse to live without a purpose. Right. Okay. I, will, okay. I will find the purpose that God wants me to have in my life. Okay. okay. Right. And so now it's life coaching. That's what I'm all about. Right. Helping men and women find that purpose and that plan right. for their future in their life. Yeah. You need the purpose. You need the reason yeah. for you to be. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and Jeff, it doesn't necessarily need to make you money. That That's a thing that people, it may or may not. I right. mean, but it, it needs to be the intrinsic sort of like reason that you right. keep going. Right. right. <laughs> like a well, Viktor you know, Frankl kind of situation. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big right. time. Well, you know, um, uh, the bottom line is uh, m money's good to have, but uh, uh, money just helps you live a happier life. Yeah. And and I tell folks when, when people would come to me for coaching, they'll say, I just want to be happy. And I say, well, you've got the wrong guy to coach you then. And they'll say, what do you mean, Dr. G? I say, well, I don't want you to be happy. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, why not? Well, here's the thing. Happiness is the emotion you experience 
as a result of your circumstances. I have a new car. I have a new house. I have a new right, job. Right, right. I have a new wife. Right. I'm happy. Mm. I want you to become joyful. Joyfulness right. is the emotion you experience in spite of your circumstances. There you go. <laughs> that's a really good distinction. Oh, right. Uh, that, that's a major uh, difference, isn't it? Right. Yes. You know, and that's another thing that I, I want to bring up right now with the world the way it is. And, it, and so you've got this constant influx of negativity everywhere you look oh, on yes. TV and the internet. And, uh, and it's real easy. And also, as mammals, we have a, a bias towards we'll see something that's negative and yes. give it more weight in our yes. mind. That doesn't mean we can let go of our responsibility to be joyful. Right. It, it's a responsibility. If yes, we're, it is. It is. We're responsible to face all that negativity out there <laughs> and stay and say, it's still my responsibility to find joy every day. Right. Does that make any I sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you're, you're 100, uh, you're 100 percent spot on. Uh, uh, in my real estate investing, I learned how to uh, take ownership and control of real estate with none of my own money, none of my own credit. That's great. <laughs> and do it legally. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I've had, People in the past say, well, Dr. G, you just don't understand how broke I am. Mm, right. And I just want I just want to take them by the head and shake them and say, hey, I'm the guy that went through bankruptcy. Right. I'm the guy that lost his house to foreclosure. Right. I'm the fellow right. that lost everything. You've been there. But I learned principles. Mm. Okay. I learned truth on how to change my financial situation. Right. How to change my mental and emotional situation. Right. And that's what we're all about at rejectionjunkies.com, Jeff. Right, right. Uh, we're here to help men and women change their present so they can create a better future. Yeah, amen. And get free from the past. Right. <laughs> yeah. Get hey, free from the past. Yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they carry their past around in a bag over their shoulder, and they're kind of proud of how contentious and rotten that odor is. And they say, hey... Uh, you right. smell the stuff in my bag? That's my past. Let me make you miserable, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Please put that bag down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that and, you know, you you and I are here. We're laughing a lot about this. Right. But uh, it's fun to be free from the past, isn't it, Jeff? It is. It is, for sure. You know. Yeah. I, I heard uh, another podcast, and I can't remember. It was a Tim Ferriss episode. Uh, uh -huh. He was talking to, I think it was former CEO or CEO of Lululemon, the company. Okay. Real amazing dude. But he came up with this idea of, I want to plan my future as if I do not have a past. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Right. I knew you would love yeah. that. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I've never even had that idea, right? Like, yeah. I am I am a being without a past. How do right. I plan my future from here? Uh, right. I thought that was an amazing idea. I, I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and, and you know, the fact is, all of us have the past. Right. And right. if you don't get rid of the past, you're not going to enjoy the present. You're not going to create a future right. that you want to design yourself. Right. And it goes back to that word change. 
Yep. Change when left to chance gives birth to more conflict. That's true. If you don't change, things won't change. Right. So right, what's right. the bottom line? Either you make the change or the change will make you. Amen to that. Because mm -hmm. I'll guarantee you, things are going to change. That's right. You better, you better, you better learn how to veer because it's right. coming. All right, Doctor Doctor G. I was going to say Doctor Gary, but Doctor G. Well, that's fine. Doctor Gary, Doctor G. This has been a pleasure and an honor. You're a wonderful speaker, and uh, I think you've got a lot of uh, great ideas to share over there at rejectionjunkies.com. So, how can folks best get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, the best way to get in touch with me is go to my website, rejectionjunkies.com. That's rejectionjunkies, J-U-N-K-I-E-S.com. Got it. And uh, there is a quiz there. Uh, it doesn't cost anything. It's absolutely free. Right. And they, they can take the quiz, and I will get the results. But also, in the upper right of my homepage, there's a contact button. Okay. Where they can contact me, Jeff. And uh, if they will include their phone number. I will give them a personal call and, uh, call, and I will give them a free 30-minute interview. Oh, nice. That, that, that's three. Uh, that's absolutely free. Right. And I, I spend time with people on a personal level to help them begin to make plans for the journey into their future. That sounds like a blast. Now, if they're just looky-loos, if they're just saying, well, maybe I might want to talk to Dr. G, I'm going to encourage them, please don't waste my time. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Uh, I, right. So, uh, but I'm here to help those who are serious. That they're ready to commit. Right. Yes. And Jeff, by the way, before we close, I would like to maybe contact you this next week and spend a little bit of time with you getting some coaching on the internet. How would that be? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. And uh, so I appreciate Jeff. You've been a great uh, conversationalist. <laughs> I really have enjoyed meeting you. All I right. think you've got an awesome podcast. I Thank think you. it's great. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, you have a wonderful Friday, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Goodbye, Jeff. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double -E E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.